taking care of the mom so that the mom can rest and recover and take care of baby. You know, the mother needs to be mothered as as well. Always making sure that she has water, has a good meal, has snacks. You know, it's a time that everyone, everyone needs to be taken care of. Hi, I'm Amy Kiefer, a nurse, doula, and personal trainer. And I'm Crystal Howell, a women's health and orthopedic physical therapist. We're the co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, and we just so happen to be sisters. We built this business because we saw a huge gap between the information that women were given during pregnancy and postpartum and the information that they need. We're committed to helping close the gap so that women are better equipped to navigate these demanding and challenging years. Yes, we're both moms of three, so we know firsthand how many changes women go through physically, mentally, and emotionally because women aren't getting enough information to make informed decisions about their own health. It leaves mothers picking up the pieces afterwards. We need that to change. With our professional backgrounds, we're going to pull the curtain back on this season and give you the information you need to thrive. We're on a mission to change women's health. Let's do this. I'm excited to have Mackenzie back on the podcast today to talk all things early postpartum. She shared a bunch of incredible information on the previous episode all about labor and delivery. So go back to that one if you haven't listened yet, because that is definitely worth your time. But as we mentioned, Mackenzie does labor and delivery nursing, but she also does postpartum nursing. So in case someone is just tuning in to you, I would love for you to describe what is your favorite thing about working in the postpartum nursing role? So postpartum nursing is, you know, after uh, you have baby, I'm taking care of you and your baby. And what I love about postpartum nursing is it's so much um, education. And actually, I kind of, I thought that I wanted to be a teacher first before um, nursing. So, and I'm a daughter of a teacher and a social worker, which kind of funny that that creates a nurse. But um so I love the educational part of nursing of the postpartum side, because we're teaching you about baby care, what to expect um, of your body postpartum and what's normal and what's abnormal. So yeah, that's kind of what postpartum nursing is. Of course, there's other um, more clinical aspects to postpartum nursing, but there's so much education. Um, and, you know, I have an educational platform for fun. So I obviously like to teach. It kind of makes perfect sense to me that a teacher and a social worker would make a nurse. Right. And so I love that you are doing what you're doing and you're helping to spread really good education because today together, we want women to know what they can expect in that really initial period of postpartum, things that people don't always talk about, which seems like both of our specialties and things that might surprise people. So we're going to dive in. So square one, your baby just came out of you. You've done it. You've birthed your baby. What is next? What happens to both you and your baby at this point? Okay. So if you've um, given birth in the hospital, there's two types of hospitals and what happens next. So um, 
baby comes out, um, you know, you're snuggling with baby skin to skin. Um, you stay, you kind of recover. Um, so you have a labor and delivery nurse doing that right after birth. They're checking on your bleeding. They're helping baby with their first feeding. And then, um, you know, they help you get, go up into the bathroom for the first time. And so some hospitals have a labor and delivery unit and then they have a postpartum unit. So, um, once you've kind of recovered the labor and delivery side, then they get you up and either in a wheelchair or walk, depending on how you're doing, um, over to a different wing of the hospital and you're then on the postpartum side and you have a whole new room um, and a new nurse. Both times I delivered, that was like my care. A hospital that I work in and kind of always worked in this hospital setting, which is why I really like it because I can do labor delivery and postpartum together, is um, it's called an LDRP style where you labor, you give birth, and you have your postpartum experience all in the same room. So the first time you get up to the bathroom after birth, we put an extra mattress on your bed. We get you all new sheets, a new gown. We clean the floor, the whole room. We call it a turnover. We turn over the whole room. So now it's this fresh new, quote unquote, new. It's your old room. But um, same room, but now you're in a new bed or, you know, new linens, everything's clean. And then you have your postpartum there. And typically your nurse who was there for your birth doesn't change. And now they are your postpartum nurse and they take care of you still the rest of their shift. Of course, staffing is different. Sometimes Mm -hmm. nurses change. So that's kind those are the two kind of avenues in a hospital. Um, You'll have to kind of just ask your provider, what kind of hospital you're delivering at. If you are switching rooms, that's kind of what happens right after birth. Yeah. And then you, and then once, you know, you're a labor and delivery nurse, you see so often, but then once you're all settled as a new family, then you finally get some family time and the nurse just kind of checks in periodically. We're not, you know, at your bedside every, every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I wanted to know what advice do you have for a brand new mom in those first couple hours after their baby is born? So this is just, I guess, more personal advice rather than professional advice. But um, those first couple hours after birth, as you know, if baby's all healthy, just be skin to skin and just taking this time, just you and baby. And as this new family with this new addition in your life, you don't have to, once you send that, oh, baby's here, baby's born text, your phone will blow up and not stop blowing up. So um if you just just take the time just to be a little family, even just for an hour, and then you can alert the masses that this, per, you know, perfect little baby's here. But yeah, those first couple hours, just I, I also suggest taking all of the pictures and videos because that time after birth is such a blur. Like, I don't really remember it. I mean, I remember it, but it's, it's all, it goes by so fast and it's such a blur. So just be skin to skin, focus on that first feeding. Um, and yeah. And if your partner can kind of be that communication leeway too, that can be helpful just, just to be in your own little bubble for a while. Mm, I love that advice. All of, I have three boys and they all came between like 1150 PM and 150 AM. 
And we always, we didn't tell people until the morning. Like we were just like, this is our bubble. Mom needs to rest. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just like soak this in. You know, everyone will make their own decision, but I love that bubble time of you just really get to recover. You get to enjoy your baby first is just such sage advice. Mm -hmm. Okay. One thing that we obviously absolutely have to cover in this episode is fundal checks. And so I want you to explain to the audience what it is that you guys are doing, why it's necessary and what we can expect. Yeah. So fundal checks are, so your fundus is um, the medical term for the top of your uterus. It's literally just the top of your uterus. Um, So after birth, you know, your uterus is huge um, with a baby inside. Baby comes out and then your uterus obviously will start to shrink back down. So what a fundal check is, is the nurse kind of pushes um, around your belly button. Um, and what it kind of feels like, it feels like there's a hard grapefruit almost inside of your belly. So I'm pressing on your belly to feel that hard top of your uterus. And I'm making sure that it's hard because I want it to be firm because that means it's cramping and contracting down and slowing down um, bleeding after birth. I also, you know, will check, uh, push on it. And if a bunch of blood comes out of your vagina when I push, mm-hmm. then that means I might have to then do a fundal massage just to make sure that there's no active bleeding Um, because fundal checks are really just um, checking to make sure that the uterus is coming down and making sure, you know, that there's not any type of postpartum hemorrhage that we're missing. So it can sometimes be the first thing that we see in the, if there is a postpartum hemorrhage, we can feel like, oh, your uterus isn't feeling very hard. It feels really soft. And when I push, there's a lot of blood coming out. So that's why we do them. And we do them really frequently at like every 15 minutes right after birth. And then they space out to every four hours and then it spaces out to every eight hours. Um, and for both births, we check. So for a vaginal birth and a C-section birth, we, we want to make sure that that uterus is okay. Sometimes it can get confusing versus a, what a fundal check is versus a massage because mm-hmm. I check I'll push. And if I feel that hard little grapefruit inside, I'm not going to massage it because I know it's okay. That massage is if uh, the nurse is like concerned about bleeding. And is it true in your experience, do the cramps that you get after birth, do those get worse with subsequent births? Like if it's the mom's second or third baby? Yes, each so the cramping after birth gets more painful each baby that you have, which like it just seems like unfair cruel. mother nature. Yeah. Like, why did you do that? It should be the opposite. But um, yeah, because your uterus has been um, uh, you know, stretched out and then gone down and stretched out and gone down. So that muscle that mu- your uterus is a muscle, that muscle has to like cramp and contract down harder to get back to that pre-pregnancy size. So, um, yeah, those afterbirth cramping contractions can be 
painful. Um, what we do in the hospital is, you know, ibuprofen and Tylenol heat packs. Um, and then sometimes if it's really bad, um, the doctor can prescribe something stronger, but yeah, it's all a normal part of birth. And when you're breastfeeding, you can feel those cramping and contractions, um, while breastfeeding. And it's, it sucks, but it's kind, I kind of geek out over it because your baby's breastfeeding. So oxytocin is released while baby's breastfeeding and oxytocin, the love hormone, you know, it also contracts your uterus. So it's this like perfectly biological, um, way mother nature designed it that when baby nurses, it's going to tell your body to cramp your uterus right back down. And it's not forever. It's, you know, the first couple of days, like when you breastfeed, you're not going to have cramping contractions every single time you breastfeed. Um, it's just that first couple of days when your uterus is shrinking right back down. Okay. Mine were brutal after my third, like, honestly, I was like, like all the ibuprofen, all the heat packs. Like I did everything you guys, because yeah. it's just like, I needed to, it was really bad not to scare anyone, but yeah, know, a, no, but a it's... tip is just to take, take the medication. If you need it, you know, make sure mm-hmm. you're doing the things that you can do to help. Yeah. And another tip too, is, um, go, to the bathroom, like go pee before you breastfeed. Um, just empty your bladder because your bladder is right next to your uterus. If you have a full bladder before you breastfeed, that full bladder is going to irritate your uterus even more. Mm, I love that hot tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just spoke a little bit about breastfeeding, but if a mom is hoping to breastfeed, what is the postpartum nurse's role in that? What are your best tips for moms that are hoping to do that? And then how do you guys work with lactation consultants? Like, do you usually recommend when women might need one? Um, yeah. So all postpartum nurses are, are trained to help, um, with breastfeeding. Of course, you know, we're all different people. Some people are a little bit better at teaching it than others. Um, and the hospitals that I've worked at, I've worked in Texas and I've worked in Wisconsin, um, have lactation consultants on staff. Unfortunately, they usually are on day shift. So you kind of have to wait for day shift to, for, to come on. I worked in one hospital in Houston that we had a night shift lactation consultant. Mm-hmm. And it was so great because I just feel like all the cluster feeding and stuff happens at nighttime and the frustration of breastfeeding happens at nighttime when you're, you know, so tired and stuff. So I loved that option that that one hospital had. Some tips that I have is if you're able to do um, the golden hour after birth, skin to skin, have baby skin to skin with you. And honestly, the golden hour isn't just for the first hour after birth. Skin to skin is beneficial forever, honestly. I mean, don't you just like to cuddle skin to skin? Like it's just nice to have another mm-hmm. warm human up against you. Um, so skin to skin, um, with you or your partner. And then if baby is not eating well right away, ask for a pump just to, um, help with the stimulation to your body to get that milk to flow more. Um, especially if baby goes to the NICU to start pumping right away and get on a pumping schedule, you know, every three hours. But yeah, the lactation consultants are just, there's such a wealth of knowledge. 
And when it comes to the world of lactation, there are so many, there's so much in the world of lactation. There's oversupply, undersupply, tongue ties, all of this stuff. And, you know, each time you have a baby, it's a completely new breastfeeding journey. Yeah. If you are able to see a lactation consultant, even if you think it's all going well, still, uh, if they're in the hospital, just see them and have them check out the latch and just, um, you know, just talk about breastfeeding in the early days. I actually, which was really cool, the town that I live in, um, I didn't have this for my first, but I lived in um, the city, the city of Milwaukee. But um, with this baby, I got a letter in the mail like two weeks after birth saying congrats from like the public health department saying congrats on the birth of your baby. We offer a lactation consultant to come to your home to do a free home visit through the you know public health department. And I was like, that is yes. the coolest thing. I wish, I mean, I wish that could just be in every town of America because that would be so beneficial. I can't say enough good things about lactation consultants. Yeah. And both of us are in the space of educating on social media. So we absolutely believe in that, obviously. But I will say my, with my first two, like having that hands on, honestly, a lactation consultant just scoops your baby, like does everything that she, she needs to do, gets you all set. There's, you just can't replace that hands on help, whether it's coming from your nurse or a lactation consultant. So. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 recommend, like if you have any questions or concerns, getting that hands-on help in the very beginning can really set you guys on a better path. We touched on this a little bit in terms of, we already talked about like the after cramping and why that might happen. But something that I really wanted to touch on is what can women expect their bleeding to be like? I'm talking like right away when they're in the hospital and then what they might be seeing when they're first going home. So the postpartum bleeding right after birth, it is a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of freaks people out. The first time you stand up out of the bed after birth, blood will 99% of the time drip down your legs. And, you know, you may leave a little uh, trail of blood walk into the bathroom. Totally normal. It also, you know, the blood dripping, it looks like a lot more Mm -hmm. than it really is. But so the first couple days, first week or so is like a very, very heavy period of um, bright red blood. Clots can be normal. So like clots the size of coins um, are totally normal, especially if you've been like sitting or laying down in bed for a while. I mean, and then you stand up and gravity kind of just mm-hmm. plops some clots out just because if you're laying in bed, that blood is sitting in your vagina, just kind of clotting on up. Um, so little clots like that are normal. Anything the size of like a grapefruit would not be normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and that something like that would usually falls out in the toilet or something. So that typically happens like right after birth, if that were to happen and obviously let your nurse see that. But yeah, so it'll be like a very uh, heavy period and then bleeding. It's very individual, Mm -hmm. but it can last for up to six to 12 weeks. Personally, me, I bled for five weeks straight with both of my boys 
And it's not this like bright red bleeding, like a period for forever. It's, it's like a period. It'll be bright red and then it'll slow down. It'll get that brownish color. You know, maybe one day it'll go back to being red, like, you know, another little spurt of blood and then go back down. Um, so yeah, if you ever feel like you are bleeding too much at all, like if you soak a whole pad in an hour of blood, that's too much bleeding. So that, you know, talk to call, call your provider about that. But yeah, um, with C-section births, the OB cleans out your uterus really well. They can even rinse it out with some saline. So sometimes with a C-section, you still bleed vaginally with a C-section. You just sometimes have a little bit lighter bleeding um, and not for as long. However, you still can have heavy bleeding and bleed for a while. That's also normal too. So um, yeah, it's so fascinating to ask. Like some, I've asked before on social media, like how long did you bleed after birth? And it's everywhere from one week to, a, you know, I've bled for 10 weeks straight. So um, yeah, all of those missed periods kind of just come back right at you after birth. Oh my gosh. I remember after my second, I had this clot that was like uh, probably the size of a baseball. Oh and yeah. I, ca- I called my um nurse in, of course. Like that's if you're taking one thing out of this, like call the nurse if you're <laughs> yeah. at all in question. And she literally had to like dig through it to make sure it wasn't mm-hmm. like part of the placenta. So it's just crazy. And then after my third, I had to go to the OR for a, a retained placenta situation. But I do think that my uterus was like scooped out because I did not have as much bleeding after that one as Mm -hmm. I did after the first two. So like, there's just all of these things that can impact what's going to happen to you. Again, one of these things where if you're concerned, if you think there's something call, like just call Mm -hmm. in and, and describe exactly what's happening so that you can make sure that you're okay. Exactly. Yeah. No, no concern or question is ever dumb or stupid. Like it's all, you know, I, we all want you, we want you to be safe and healthy and just ask if you are concerned. Yes, exactly. So switching gears just a little bit, you've been a part of so many births at this point. You've seen people in this time where they're really vulnerable and they do need some help. If they do have a partner, what do you see as being really helpful things that the partners can do in this really early postpartum period to help the birthing person out? So what I think is really helpful with partner for partners to do while in the hospital is kind of be the communication and the logistical manager while, you know, the birthing person is, you know, they're, they're focused on baby. Um, they, if you have other children, the, your partner can handle it, can handle who's watching the children, um, can handle the communication with the outside world. Take that. If the partner takes that mental load part off of her, great. The other thing is making sure that she eats um, and is always has fresh water, doing the diaper changes. Like I personally, this was just how me and my husband kind of worked that I would breastfeed um, the baby and then give him to give him to my husband to swaddle and change um, so that I could just 
rest, um, trying to get as much, it's hard to get rest in the hospital, but trying to get as much rest as I can. The other thing that's really important for partners is, um, to pay attention to the education that's, that the nurses are telling you and to sit in when the lactation consultant is there, sit in and listen to what the lactation consultant is talking about and like watch, like watch, um, her say, this is what a good latch looks like just because, um, there is so much information that is put on you in the hospital. It goes in one ear and right out the other. Um, and you're so sleep deprived. Uh, there's just a million things going on. So you're going to remember information from, you know, two sleep deprived brains rather than just one trying to take in all this information. So, um, yeah. And then when you get home, taking care of the mom so that the mom can rest and recover and take care of baby. You know, the mother needs to be mothered as as well. Always making sure that she has water, has a good meal, has snacks. You know, it's a time that everyone, everyone needs to be taken care of. Yeah. I love what you're saying too, because it's like, the partner, if they're engaged from the start and they're learning how to care for this baby, how to be a good partner to the mom, it's like it can make such a difference to that mom. So, And now a quick break to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, Expecting and Empowered. Have you ever wondered, is this workout safe to do after having a baby? What should I do to recover in postpartum? If you have, you're not alone. And the good news is we've got a program for you. Whether you've had a cesarean or vaginal birth, our app is designed to meet you exactly where you are and help you to restore your pelvic floor core and rebuild strength after having a baby. One of our app users said, I worked out religiously prior to pregnancy and felt so lost postpartum until I found these ladies. The workouts are just the right length to be able to fit it into a busy day. C-section recovery is no joke and they've built the guide from experience and expertise. You can sign up for the app now for 25% off with the promo code podcast 25. This brings the yearly subscription down to just $10 a month. And this includes every app program, including strength training, yoga, core, and running. Visit app.expectingandempowered.com to sign up today. And we'll see you guys in the app. I love the examples that you gave. Okay. One thing I see kind of like teased about on social media that's really interesting is this idea of the postpartum nurse coming in all the time and disrupting the sleep and being, you know, flipping on the lights and yeah, what we've seen, like I've experienced awesome postpartum nurses that really cluster all the cares together. Mm -hmm. They're trying to be, they really are trying to get you rest. But at the end of the day, we are checking on baby and we are checking on mom and we are making sure that they are both okay. So I want you to talk about how frequent the check-ins have to be for you guys, what you're coming in to do. You're totally right. I feel like and I kind of felt this way in the hospital because, uh, like in my own experience, um, because, you know, lab will come in, then the doctor comes in, then the, the, you know, the midwife comes in, then the pediatrician comes in. It's just like this whole line of people, um, you know, the food tray gets delivered. But yeah, so the nurse will come in and check on baby, check on you, check on your bleeding, your vitals. Typically we do it around every four hours, the first 
day. And then it goes to just every shift, every eight hours. So, um, and of course, different situations warrant different things, but, um, yeah, me as a, as a postpartum night shift nurse, what I personally do, and I know like all of my coworkers do this as well, is we come in at the start of our shift and we, you know, introduce ourselves and kind of tell you and determine with you what the plan of care is for that, for that night. Um, so I'll come in and say, okay, I have to do your assessment around midnight. You know, if, if you're awake at 11 PM, like feeding the baby, just call me. I'll do my assessment a little early so that, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to come in at, and just take a blood pressure, you know, if you're sleeping, cause you're going to be awake in an hour or two anyway to feed the baby and then have to get, you know, uh, if you want baby to be bathed, a hearing screen, um, newborn labs, like checking a bilirubin, um, that kind of stuff. We, we weigh baby in the hospital. We do that on night shift where I work. Um, so yeah, typically the nurse will come in, kind of determine here's what happens. We got to do it around these times and we kind of make a plan together. Um, so that I'm not coming in and bothering you when you're having that like precious sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And we totally understand both of us that it can be rough because some, some of it's unavoidable. I gave birth at a teaching hospital. So then there's another layer of people coming in, especially at that, like 5am, like super early. Oh yeah. It is just really tough work with your healthcare team as much as you can to kind of just like Mackenzie was saying, they want to cluster cares for you. So if you're awake and you can call them in, they're able to do that a little bit easier. Mm Mm-hmm. One thing. So in the last episode, we talked about how people really fear pooping when they're giving birth. But another big fear and something that gets a lot of traction on social media is this idea of the first postpartum poop. We want to know what should people really know about it? What are your recommendations? Hit us with the good stuff. I tell everyone you, you make it more of a big deal in your head than mm-hmm. what it really is it's really not that bad. So we usually, um, and so some people poop in the hospital. Sometimes your first postpartum poop is at home. After a C-section, you're in the hospital for an extra night or two. So sometimes you poop, um, after C-section in the hospital. We usually start you off on a stool softener right away Mm -hmm. after delivery. A stool softener is just going to make your poop soft. It's not a laxative. It's not going to make you poop. Just going to soften everything so that you're not straining when you go. Um, And me personally, oh my gosh, I lived on that off that stool softener for like a month after delivery. It was my best friend. You know, start on a stool softener right away, um, right away once or twice a day. And then keep drinking your water. Obviously, you know, this, you know, eat fiber, all what people say. But when you do poop, um, don't strain, don't have that tensed face and trying to poop it out. Just relax and just kind of let it, let it happen. Um, and then you can wipe, you know, like when you go to the bathroom, when you pee, we have the, the, squirt bottle and stuff, um, and dabbing if you have stitches, but you can wipe yourself after you, after you poop. But yeah, sometimes it can be a little painful too. If you have hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids are Mm -hmm. pretty common after during pregnancy and after birth. Um, but it's not as bad 
as the horror stories that you that you see, but definitely stool softener. Um, and I mean, I love a squatty potty. I've mm-hmm. I can't poop without a squatty potty anymore. I love it. Even at the hospital, they have what you can do like a DIY squatty potty is uh the what are they the plastic tubs like they're gray tubs of you know sometimes there's just like baby supplies in them they're pink or they're gray just like flip them upside down put two of them and put your feet up as a little makeshift squatty potty but yeah really just relaxing try not to strain and um it'll it'll pass this too shall pass you guys like as it should be i don't think people talk about like healthy pooping habits enough it's like those are the things we should all be doing normally like not straining Mm-hmm. Taking deep, I teach my toddlers. It's like taking deep breaths, mm-hmm. using a squatty putty. There's really no reason not to take the stool softeners that the nurses are offering you just to make sure that we're able to go to the bathroom. So mm-hmm. I love that. When you are setting a woman up postpartum and helping her learn how to use the bathroom and what her bathroom routine is going to look like, like give us all of your best tips. After, so, you know, you go to the bathroom, it's a whole, whole new routine. Um, so, um, you will pee. Sometimes people can have some burning when you pee. Like if you have, you can like have a urethral tear. One tip that uh, this is like a friend, she had a urethral tear. She actually would put baby cream, um, diaper cream, like zinc, um, mm. the white, like zinc oxide cream on, um, as a barrier when she peed. Um, and it helped so much. That's just a total side note, but uh, urethral tears are not that common and it's not super common to have burning, but you know, that it happens. So you're going to have a water bottle with a little like spigot on the top. Um, and we call it a peri bottle. Um, the nurse will fill it with like warm or cold water. The nurse usually helps you the first time you get up to the bathroom. And then once, you know, you've, you've got the routine down, then you do it all, um, after. Um, you can put hot or cold water in it. I usually put warm water and you can spray while you pee if there is burning, but you don't have to. But so you pee and then you use that squirt bottle to just get off all the blood, help kind of just clean up everything. And you don't have to use the whole bottle. You can just use it. And if you don't like it, you don't even have to use it. Um, it's just to your comfort. I tore with both my deliveries and I just really liked using that, that warm water on that, on the stitches. Then so pee, water, and then you, if you have stitches, you pat dry with toilet paper. Um, and then you can have, you, um, you know, some people like the adult diapers, the hospital will give you, uh, you know, very, very lovely mesh underwear, granny panties, um, which honestly are so comfortable. I love them. Yeah. You get the mesh underwear, you have a really big maxi pad. And then sometimes even if the first day if you're, when you're bleeding a lot, we do two pads sometimes, um, until you can, you know, graduate to one pad. Um, and there are pads that have ice packs like built in. You kind of pop it and shake it and it's cold and cold on your, um, you know, labia and perineum after birth is just so soothing. It helps with inflammation. Um, one thing people 
don't really ever talk about, and it's not super common, but it happens often enough, is if you've been pushing for a really long time, your labia can be very swollen. Like I have seen some that are just like, oh gosh, they're just so swollen. Like your eyes can't even believe like how swollen they are. They are seen. Yes. So swollen. Um, so sometimes those ice pack pads sometimes just don't cut it. And I will make a kind of makeshift ice pack out of a baby diaper. Like I just open up the end of a baby diaper, like a chip bag and I stuff ice inside the crushed Mm. hospital ice inside of it. Um, it turns into like this really, you know, cause the baby diaper is absorbent. So it absorbs all the ice as it melts and then it absorbs obviously your blood. Um, so, and it stays really cool for a really long time. So that's an option too. Um, I'll bring that out if someone's especially really swollen or had a really bad tear. Yeah. So then you have your, you know, pad, your ice pack, your granny panties, and then you can have, uh, at the hospital, we used a dermaplast spray. It's like a numbing spray. It has lidocaine. It has aloe, um, in it. And you just kind of spray front to back a couple seconds. Sometimes people like to spray their pad. Some people like it. Some people don't. It's up to you. Some people bring their own perineal sprays from other brands. Lastly, witch hazel, especially if you have hemorrhoids. Um, I mean, they are common from pushing a baby out. The hospital can give you some witch hazel pads and we give you a whole thing to take home that you can either line your pad up or, you know, just stick some right up, up in your butt cheeks right on there, um, to help soothe some hemorrhoids. Then you're all fresh and ready to go. Until until the next time you have to go. What I love to tell women is like, I just really encourage people to take their time and like really that postpartum care that you're doing for yourself is really important. So five or 10 minutes sometimes in the bathroom, just to make sure that you're all situated. And one of the reasons we're both passionate about having these like really open and honest conversations is it is important for people to know what that looks like. Because when you do have people coming in to see you in the hospital, like you are in a vulnerable mm-hmm. position. You mm-hmm. know, I remember my father-in-law being there. I have like, you, you literally have like a huge pad. You're mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not this quick thing, you guys. It's yeah. really the most important thing is for you to take care of yourself. And so if you are going to have visitors, just know that that's going to be part of what everyone is seeing. Right. And you know, the little routine that I just said, it's talking about it takes a long time, but once you get it down, yeah, you know, then it's kind of just like, okay, boom, you know, spray, you know, water spray, wipe, done. You know, it's not going to be this big, you know, the first couple of times it's a big uh, yeah. process, but then, you know, then it becomes like the back of your hand. Exactly. Okay. So one thing that we love if women are able is to get them up and walking few reasons. Like it really tends to help in recovery. Is this something that you guys see and find beneficial in the healing process? Absolutely. I think, I mean, walking is just so underrated. One, it can help just get your muscles awake and active a little. A lot of people after birth, birth is a marathon on your body Mm -hmm. and you can just be so just sore after 
birth. Um, so just getting up and moving can help, um, just, you know, stretch a little also getting out of that darn hospital bed. It's so uncomfortable hospital beds. So, um, just getting up and walking around and also just taking a short little walk helps your mental health so much better, you know, and even if you're able to with COVID and stuff, it's always ever changing. But if you're able to walk the hospital, like walk the hospital hallways and just do one lap and then come back to your room, um, just to get out of the room helps mental health wise. And then it helps to get, you know, your bowels active and moving, Mm -hmm. especially after a C-section. We want you to be able to pass gas well, get those bowels moving. And then two with swelling, you know, you swell uh, during pregnancy, but postpartum, you can have your feet be swollen um, and legs be swollen. So moving, staying active, helping that lymphatic system drain. Um, I can't say enough good things about walking, no matter what kind of birth experience you have, walking really helps. Yes. It's such a big part of nursing across all specialties is getting these patients to move a little bit because it just really is important in the healing process. Well, and I also want to say you don't have to go walk the halls. Like I got to go do my 10, 20 minutes of walking. No, just, and like what you said, just a short two minute walk just to activate your body just a little bit. Um, cause you don't want to push yourself right. too much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This has been such an insightful conversation, just like the last one. I'm wondering, is there anything else that you want to leave these women with as they might be about to experience early postpartum for themselves? I guess my piece of advice is, and I feel like everyone says this, but I'm, I'm going to say it is accept help and ask for help. My first, you know, experiences, my first, I wanted to be, you know, that super mom. And I felt like I shouldn't ask for help, even though people were offering help and stuff. But, um, and then my second came and I was like, Oh my God, I, I could not do, I, you can't do this alone. Any type of help, whether that be, um, someone coming over and sitting with a baby so you can shower or just someone coming over and dropping off a meal. I mean, that's help in itself. I had a two year old when I had my, um, second. So my mom and mother in law were so helpful just in taking the toddler so I could, um, just, you know, bond with, the little newborn and heal myself. The other thing is be kind to yourself and be gracious to this new body. You have a, you have a totally new body. I mean, postpartum is really the birth of a new you. Each, each time you give birth to, um, it changes you, um, physically, emotionally, your relationships change. So just be kind to yourself, give yourself grace, and then, you know, accept or ask for help if you, if not, if you need it, when, when you'll need it. Mm, I love that you said that as a postpartum nurse even is like a big theme throughout this conversation is like, you needed to allow yourself to be nursed. You needed to allow yourself to be mothered, you know, Mm -hmm. allowing Mm -hmm. people to mother you as you become a new mother. It's like, you don't have to have all the answers you deserve to be cared for. It is really hard for most of us in that period of time. Yeah. 
You have given us such incredible information over these two episodes. I want you to let everyone know where they can find more of you. So I am on Instagram and I'm on TikTok. My um, username is Mackenzie on motherhood. Check me out. I'm just there just doing education and talking all things, you know, birth and babies. Yes, you guys definitely give her a follow over on Instagram and TikTok. And if you like this episode, we would love it if you shared it with any women that are about to go through this process. 